Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. I hope you're having a good evening. It's raining here. You know, it's been raining for the past two years. I don't know if it's that rainy where you are, but we get rain about five days a week for the past two years. And it'll probably rain for the next two years, unless there's an impeachment. The gods are angered. I am the Reverend John St. Germain. Bringing you the Crystal Silence League Hour once again. Did that rhyme? St. Germain again. I tried. I tried to make it rhyme. It's what's called a passive rhyme in uh, literary terms. And this is the Crystal Silence League Hour. At this point, the Crystal Silence League 57 minutes. I have a little clock up here. We'll be back in about a minute. Why don't you go get yourself a drink and come back. And bring a crystal ball wall with you, a ball wall, a crystal ball wall, and we'll proceed with our program. I'll see you in just a minute. actually let that run out to the end my goodness we're back and this is john st germain and this is the crystal silence league and for those of you who may not know the crystal silence league was founded around 1917 by mr claude alexander conlon a magical adept who after retiring from a very successful career as a performer in vaudeville decided that he wanted to devote his um, remaining years to uh, publishing and traveling And the Crystal Silence League was uh, for the um, benefit of those in need of positive affirmation and prayer. And he projected positive affirmation and prayer through the benefit of a crystal ball, through the assistance thereof. And he taught 
people how to use crystals and crystal balls to project and receive and heal positive affirmation and to tap into the energy of the universe, into the divine energy that we all have within us. And when he passed into the silence about 1954, uh, in his 70s, the, the league went with him until it was revived by adepts of Missionary Independent Spiritual Church around 2009 on the internet. And you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And you see that we have a page where we post prayers. You can go there anytime you like. Prayer is always free. We do not charge for the service. We do like donations and stuff because it costs us money to do that, to maintain this website. And um, we have a gift shop where you can buy stuff. You can buy crystal balls and literature. We have literature by our founder, Mr. Claude Conlon. And we have literature that I've written. I have a couple of books there. And uh, we're about to produce another one that will be... Uh, debuted at the uh, Hoodoo Heritage Festival May 12th and 13th of this year. Go buy your tickets now, 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 while you can. All right, so we have a topic tonight. We've been uh, talking about the roots of new thought and the principles of new thought, the basic premise of which, very simply, is that internal states manifest externally. What you think about and feel um, will manifest in the world around you. We believe that, and we know it's true. And uh, first I'd like to talk to you about our crystal of the week, which is muscovite. And do you know, muscovite uh, uh, is a form of mica, mica is, or mica is a form of muscovite. And I'll tell you that on my way to school in the eighth grade, I found this glittery stone it looked like some magical stone from the Elven Kingdom, and I carried it with me as a talisman. I knew it was something magical. It was glittery. It was like someone took a handful of glitter and compressed it. I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was a magical stone, and I carried this and carried this and carried this. I don't know what eventually happened to it, but as it turns out, I learned many years later it was it was Muscovite, a glittery kind of purplish silvery stone and I just knew it had magic powers. I knew it gave me protection or magic or something. And uh, back then, uh, all of my friends and I had read The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings. And um, yeah, in the seventh and eighth grade, we did. And I, actually, I read The Hobbit in the fifth grade. And, and I tried to read Lord of the Rings, but man, it was so long. And uh, I made my way right up to the two towers. And I just thought, I'm not old enough to read this. I just don't have the time. Um then I picked it up in high school and read it. But there I was carrying this piece of muscovite. It was about um, two and a half inches long, about an inch wide, and about three-fourths of an inch thick. I carried that with me for the longest time. And uh, this is a very friable stone. It's very fragile. And if you rub it, come apart. So if you make an elixir of it, uh, don't put it in the water directly. Put it. Uh, in a container and put the container in the water and let the uh, magical essence uh, be absorbed by the water. So what does it do? Well, it can stimulate thought. It can quicken your thought processes. It helps the uh, problem-solving capability. Uh, if you're studying, it can help you if you're a student. Um, it can uh, help you uh, 
go from the physical to the mental, from the physical to the spiritual, and it can help you be aware of the higher self. It will uh, help you transcend um, the mundane world and enter the spiritual world. So truly, I think I was right. It was a um, um, a magical stone for me. I, my childhood at that time was uh, a little um, uh, it, it was a little hard, and uh, I lost myself in sort of a, a artistic, magical, literary, fantasy world, and it helped me bridge. Uh, I, I stayed in my head a lot. It helped me bridge what was in my head with what was in the world around me. Um, and uh, this Muscovite may have been given to me by spirit. Cause I found it. It was just laying in the ground. And wh- why? Why? You know, how did it get there? Uh, it's not a native stone to Tennessee, so um, it's usually found. Um, you do find it in the USA, but it's not not in Tennessee. Uh, you can find it. In, it's everywhere. Micah's everywhere, but Russia, Australia, Ch- uh, Czechoslovakia, New Mexico. Um, it's usually in the USA. It's like Southwest. You find it in Australia. Um, so when we find it, um, it comes in all kinds of different colors. You'll, you'll find it in blue. Um, um, you'll find it in uh, green. You'll find it in uh, uh, colorless, which is what I had, the silvery one, uh, white, yellow, violet pink, uh, all kinds of colors depending on what the inclusion is. So um, uh, sometimes you'll find it polished. Uh, I'll tell you that the blue um, stone is uh, lapidolite. Uh, Blue muscovite is lapidolite. So uh, depending on the color, it will have different qualities. But all of it will um, help you with... uh, connecting with the spiritual side and elevating your spiritual qualities to a higher plane. Um, so if you don't notice, I do I do like this zone. It's, it's one of my favorites. It's Muscovite. If you were to join me, for instance, um, to go to the crystalsilenceleague.org and go to the prayer page, and you had some Muscovite nearby, you may find yourself entering a higher realm of spiritual um, awareness as you pray for our people and you know as you know we uh we never call out names although we have them here if you're a member and if you're a pastor uh we print out these prayers and we put them under our crystal balls on our altar we who are pastors of the crystal silence league and we pray for them Uh, many people do that every day i do them several times a week and uh on days like thursday I, i work I get up at 5.30 every morning because I get my granddaughter ready for school, take her to school, then come home. I'm usually home by 8 o'clock, and I start my work day uh, after I guzzle <laughs> about a gallon of coffee uh, around 9. And uh, then uh, you know she'll come home uh, from daycare. My wife picks her up at daycare, and usually they're home by 4.30. And, and um, usually I'm through working by then, but not always. And uh, – uh, but on Tuesdays, I work until 9, you know, until this is over. And on, on uh, Tuesdays, I pray for 40 people. And uh, usually two days a week, I pray for uh, 10, 
10 others. So I pray for about 60 people a week from the Crystal Silence League. And um, why don't we uh, go there and pray for some of the following people? I have to move a little closer here because I'm blind as a mole. Um, we have uh, – that's why I don't read palms much anymore. I can't see the lines and stuff. We have prayer ID 80431 who prays. Please, Heavenly Father, please heal M.M. and allow her to be able to do her naturopathic treatment soon. Please allow them to be a success in treating her illness. Help the doctors to prescribe the right pain management medication and keep her infection and pain-free. She has the will to live, Lord. Please allow her to have a long life and be able to watch her three-year-old grow up. Please, Lord, grant this prayer. Amen. Sounds like the prayer was answered. Prayer ID 80430. And um, let's say this is, oh, I know who this is. Um, urgent request, there's signs of improvement. Thank you so much for your continuing loving healing prayers for Dee. I am asking on her behalf that positive pain-reducing energies and divine support be sent so her to her so her body continues to repair and fully recover from these operations with gratitude for many blessings and blessings on their way. And so it is. Amen. And prayer ID 80429, who prays for wealth and fortune and protection. And prayer ID 80428, who says, this is D.D., Thank you to those of you have been praying for me. An opportunity has presented itself through Admiralty Law. I am filing papers in a federal court to hold those corrupt officials accountable and free myself from their governance. Where in the world is this? Uh, please continue to pray for me over the next 21 days as I fight for my children. Thank you. Amen. Prayer ID 80427. I'm praying for my family. I've been having bad dreams. I need God to work on my spirit and anger I have. I also pray for my kids. This is the sickest they've ever been. Please remove the illness from their body and make them better. I pray for T. Make him live for you, Lord, and please bring him home sooner than expected. Open doors that no man can close. In Jesus' name, amen. And prayer ID 80426. When you pray for help, you speak to God. When you allow people to read your words, you impact souls on multiple levels. I thank you all and pray all of your prayers are heard. Remember, God gives what you deserve, not what you may need or want. You're always being watched. Therefore, you're always displaying your worth. Prayer ID 80425. I pray for wealth, income, abundance, money, power, and amazing resource to be opened for me. Relocation, immigration, travel, and destination to a new country and city where wealth and rich opportunities will flourish ever so. Divine assistance, divine guidance, divine providence, open and freely flowing from me now and always in the name of Yahweh. Amen, amen. Prayer ID 80424. Every day I've been working hard, preparing and ordering supplies for the launch of my business in one month. I asked Jesus and CSL to help me sustain faith and absolute dedication to my vision. Whenever doubt starts to creep in, 
Jesus has already been giving me tools to refute negativity and fear. Tonight, he led me to a wholesale supplier that I'm very excited about. Pray for precise execution and success in my plans for M. Thank you, blessed be. Prayer ID 80423. M.A. has committed slander against me, lied to the state against his claim, twisting all words. He has cheated me, done multiple illegal things. He is practicing illegal billing practice, threatened me. There is evidence he has cheated and threatened others. He cheated a disabled person. I may not be able to afford a lawyer, so I pray that justice be done to him, even if he's not getting my money back. This man needs to be stopped so he can't harm others. So must it be, and amen. And prayer ID 80422 for E to commit to me in a monogamous romantic relationship. That word monogamous lets me think that E might be a player. May he change his ways. Let's have a moment of silent meditation for all those in need of comfort and support and prayer. Amen. I wonder if there's people who just don't come to my show um, until uh, 20 minutes after, because it's pretty much like clockwork. You know, I start talking about our subject at uh, 20 minutes after the hour, and say, so, "Yeah, that Reverend is going to be talking a bunch of crap and then praying, and then uh, you get to the good stuff." about 20 minutes after. Tonight, our topic, uh, changing your way of thinking. Uh, A lot of motivational speakers say, reprogramming your mind, reprogramming your mind. Dude, we're not computers. We're not computers. They say computers were fashioned after the human mind. Well, no, no. Computers work on binary. Even the most advanced computers uh, work on binary. And, um, uh, the holographic quantum computers and stuff, maybe not. I'm not that hip with latest cybernetic nets and stuff, but 
mostly, no, no, they don't think like we do, and they don't intuit. Uh, so we we don't really program our minds. Now, what we think about the most, we do become. But people are not we're, – we're not predictable, um, and we don't really program our minds. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, when we're very small, we become uh, conditioned, and uh, we become, I guess, hardwired uh, to certain things. And it's very hard to change that hardwiring as you get older. Um, you know, our parents – and our environment have a, has a very strong influence on us. And then there's genetics and karmic events that we bring into our lives from past lives influences, um, if you believe in that, and I, I tend to. Um, we bring things into – at any rate, we bring things into this life. These are very, very difficult to change when you're an adult. We can change behaviors, but a lot of that stuff that we have from childhood, very hard to change. And make permanent changes. And um, I have a, some of that that I brought in from childhood that I have trouble changing. And one of that is the belief that people don't change. And people argue, oh, well, no, people change all the time. Well, do, do they really? Do they really? You're telling me that a, that a psychopath or a sociopath can change? That they can no longer – that they're no longer a sociopath or a – Psychopath. Now, these are extreme examples. How about an addict? And people say, "Oh no, addicts. They quit drink. You know, they go to AA and they quit drinking, but they're still addicts. They can no. They cannot take a drink. An alcoholic cannot take a drink. If that alcoholic were truly changed, they could have a social beer. They could have a glass of wine. And if they could do that, they're not an addict, right?" So, no, they're not changing. They changed behavior, but they didn't change who they are. And uh, and I know I'm, I'm, I'm being a dick when I'm saying stuff like that, but can we really change? Can a good person become bad? And can a bad person become good? Um, or can you change the behavior? Does a, a bad person, I mean someone who's, who is bad, bad, become good, or do they are they bad and they – learn good behaviors and there's always that bad in the core they learn to act good uh it's a very deep question isn't it so when we examine ourselves and we get to know ourselves and and believe me i've spent all my life getting to know myself uh, when i was in uh counseling i was in counseling for about 30 years uh my, uh, I had a long relationship with my therapist. He said he never met anyone who knew themselves as well as I did. I'm not bragging. I mean, I spent a lot of time. He said, I've never known anybody who understood themselves and knew themselves as well as you do. He said, you understand why you do everything. He said, he said you're, you're really not a mystery to yourself. And I said, I've spent a lot of time. I really have. I've, I've spent a lot of time in meditation and figuring out why I do the things I do. I'm really... I'm not a surprise to myself. When I do something, I know why I do it. Um, and occasionally, I do surprise myself, rarely, and then I'll sit down and figure out why it was a surprise to me. And it does go back to some of the hardwiring from childhood that um, I 
thought I had patched over, put a coat of paint over, um, and it comes back. And it's so far back in my childhood that I have trouble finding proximate cause. So think about that, because a lot of this is stuff that you don't even know why you do it. You know, some of these attitudes and behaviors. And uh, it's necessary to think, is this constructive or destructive? Is it good for me? Is it bad for me? And this is what we're going to look at. How do you manage it? You may not ever be able to completely control these things, but can you manage it? And I've always found my job as a spiritual counselor, no such thing as a stress-free life. Most people that come to me, you know, whether they think I'm a – and a lot of people expect too much from you if you do what I do. They think, okay, I want to call this guy up. He's, he's going to wave his magic wand and make things better. And I explain to people, I can't make your stress go away. You know, this is the world, what Buddha called samsara. You know the word samsara means restlessness. We're never going to be at rest. We're wandering. It means restlessness. It means wandering. We're always wandering. That's wander, W-A-N-D-E-R, wandering. We're stressful and restlessness. But what my job is to do is to try to make your stress manageable. Most people call me and their stress has gotten out of hand. It's unmanageable. I try to uh, help you bring it down to manageable levels to where you can deal with it. You know, we can go get you through the day and say, okay, I don't feel like the world's falling apart on me. So how do we manage these things? Um, the first step is to manage your feelings. And you have to manage your thoughts and manage your feelings. So um, what I find happens uh, – if you get up in the morning and you expect something good to happen, you're, you're ahead of the game. If every morning you get up and you dread getting out of bed because you think uh, an animal's going to drop on your head, you get up and go, oh, my God, what's going to go wrong today? Uh, how, how, how can you get through the day? So first thing in the morning, you think something wonderful is going to happen today. Something good is going to happen today. And... Uh, that is really the key, the first thing. That's called getting up on the right side of the bed. <laughs> so uh, get up, uh, and uh, I call it getting your mind right. I, I sit for a minute. I just sit for a minute. Uh, you know, I make my coffee, and I sit for a minute. I have my coffee. I don't care what anybody wants from me. The phone could be ringing. Someone knocking on the door. No, no, this is my time. And um, uh I used to tell my wife it was – I called it my Indian time. You know, back before if you said something like that, you were accused of a hate crime. Uh, and it doesn't sound right to say it's my Native American time. I used to sit wrapped up in my blanket drinking my coffee, you know, because, you know, I'm Cherokee, right? So I say, this is my Indian time. Leave me alone. I'm getting my mind right. And uh, so uh, I, I used to call it that. And I'll just say it's my me time because, you know, I don't want some passing – uh, uh, millennial to walk by and go, oh my God, you know you're 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 offending me. So, you know, sorry, because I don't want you to yell at me when I'm having my me time drinking my coffee. So you expect something great to happen. Something you say something great's going to happen every day. You send out a positive, attractive force that will make it more likely for something to happen. Now, the next thing is the golden rule. You know, the golden rule is in every religion. I have a poster. 
uh, stuck it on my Facebook. There's a poster that has the golden rule in every religion, which is treat people like you want to be treated, uh, doing do to others. Treat people you know, as others are, so am I. And if your internal mechanism falls within normal parameters, you want people to be nice to you. You want people to show you respect. You want people to be honest. Um, now, again, in my experience with people, um, a lot of people don't know what a loving and respectful relationship is. And um, a lot of people know how to give, but they don't know how to receive affection. So a lot of people know how to give. Um, They know how to be polite and they know how to love, but they don't know what a loving relationship is. And I am, uh, uh, people will call me and they'll say things like, is this relationship going to work out? Um, You know, are we going to be happy? Is this, and and I'll, and I'll ask. So, well, let me ask you a few questions. Um, what 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 do you see as a happy relationship? What do you see as a loving relationship? And uh, they'll say, "Well, you know, I love him and he loves me." And I'll say, "Okay, so what does he do to show you that he loves me? To show you that he loves you? You know, how do you know that he loves that he loves you? Well, it's you know, I feel that he loves me. No, and I say no. Now, I'm very hard on people. You see, I'm not a fortune teller." I'm not going to look at your cards or your oracle and say, oh, yes, this is going to work out. I make you do the work. I'm a spiritual advisor. It says on my card, spiritual advisor. Now, I can. I can deal the cards and tell you what's likely going to happen, but I'm not going to do that. I make you do the work. I say, what does he do? Well, you know, I I feel like he loves me. No, that's a feeling. That's projection. That can be projection. I have felt love, too, and gotten my hat handed to me. Oh, yes. I I felt, oh, my God, she loves me, and then had my hat handed to me. So, no, you can be mistaken. You can think you're being loved. You can feel that you're being loved and have have your hat handed to you. What does he – well, I can see it. Well, he he tries. He tries to show me. What does he do? You get up in the morning, and what happens? Well, you know, we get up, and and, uh, he he or she, you know, she'll she'll, – and I, this is what I hear. She'll, uh, well, she, you know, she'll, she tries, she tries to do things and tries to, and uh, what, what do you do? What, what do you do for her? Well, I, and then they'll, they'll say, well, you know, I, you know, I buy him things, I'll buy her things, and uh, when she gets mad, I'll, uh, I'll try to calm her down, and I'll do this, and I'll, do, and we, and I'll, you know, we go places together, and uh, we. Have, so, what does she do? What does he do? And they can't tell me. They can't tell me. Well, how do you know? You know, he loves you. Well, he tries to show me what, how. And you see, they don't know. They don't know. I say, well, does he know your favorite colors when he buys you something? Has he has he watched you to see what your favorite color, what you like? Um, you know, does he notice when you're in a in a down mood mood and try to do things to cheer you up? Does he notice that you know your shoulders hurt and rub them? Does he walk by and uh, you know, give you affectionate non-sexual touch? 
Um, does he know that if he leaves his socks under the couch, it drives you crazy, so he doesn't do it? Um, you know, does he bring you a cold drink when you're, he sees you're too tired to get one yourself? You know, does he give you an apple? You know, what does he do? What does he do? Um, that you know, rather than just say, you know, yeah, love you, babe. So a lot of people, you know, does he not mock you? Does he not make fun of you? You know, does he not show contempt? You know, does he not make you get up when you're doing something that you enjoy doing, interrupt what you're doing um, to do something for him, you know, or her, you know, it works that way. Um, how do you know? So the, the golden rule works in a variety of different ways because, you know, do for yourself what you want other people to do for you too. It works different ways. The, uh, don't waste your time or your breath or your energy uh, trying to change things that can't be changed, situations or other people. Um, the Internet is a very good place to see that. If you um, go haunt Internet discussion threads, <coughs> you see people trying to push your buttons all the time and pushing each other buttons all the time, and you're not going to change anybody's mind. Um, you will not change anybody's mind. And um, there are people who just love to attack each other and fight, and uh, unfortunately, the media likes to throw provocative things out there and watch people fight. They throw a bone out there and watch the dogs fight over it. And don't waste your time. Don't waste your breath. Don't waste your energy. And I will tell you right now, we're living in very volatile times. And if you look at Facebook and the Internet, you'll think the world is on the brink of destruction. Now get off the Internet for a while. And just walk around the world and and see if it is. Go about your daily business and see if your perception of reality, your experience of reality, matches up with what you're seeing on the Internet and on the media. See if there is a reality that is created by social media versus the reality of the world in which you live My reality, I'm not a social media person. I'm not. I'm 60 years old. I grew up without it. I don't see the Facebook and stuff as real. I don't see it as real. My reality is I walk through the world. People are talking to each other. Um, there's not as much uh, hatred and anger in the world I live in as you'll see on as you see on the internet. I I, I just can't. Make a bridge between the two. Don't waste your breath on it. Now, concentrate on what you're trying to achieve right now. Don't don't be result-oriented. Be effort-oriented. Does that make sense? Concentrate on what you're – on the work that you're doing right now, not on some result that's in the future. Uh, Stay stay right now. Stay focused now on the work you're doing. Do a good job in everything you do right now, not focused on the end result. 
The ends do not justify the means. Now, there is a uh, a principle that I live by. I, I discovered this. I, I came across it in a uh, some literature I was reading. It's called the charitable assumption. Have you ever heard of this? It means that you assume that people mean well. So if somebody says something and you it could it's it's ambiguous, you can take it a couple of different ways. You assume that they meant it in the most favorable manner. You don't take offense immediately. Now, because there are people who immediately take offense at a statement that could be taken either way. You know, what do you mean by that? You know, what do you mean by that? I, I can't give you an example, but it happens a lot uh, on social media, and um, you know what people will take offense at a statement that could be taken a number of ways, and arguments start. And and the worst thing is if it happens, you know, you say something, and well, what do you mean by that? You, you're saying this and that. I say, no, that's not what I meant. Yes, it is. And then then they start being a mind reader. You know, that, no, that's not what I meant. Yes, it is. You meant that's what you meant. You meant to say that, and uh, no. That, that's really not what I meant. I meant this. Well, no, it's not. You meant this, and and then um, you know you're you can't do it. But the charitable assumption is that you assume that people meant things in the positive light, not the negative light. You just assume that other people mean well, that they're doing the best they can. And what has happened now is that um, we have made an a priori assumption that everybody wearing a red hat, everybody who voted for Trump. Is is a racist? Is a bigot? Hates women? Uh, is Islamic phobic? Uh, has a KKK hood and a rebel flag in their basement? Everybody, everybody who's done it. And granted, a lot of people are. Not everybody. Granted, a lot of people are. Not everybody. A, per, a percentage of people, yes. Not everybody. We can't make that assumption. We cannot. We cannot make that assumption. Because if we do, we fall into that thinking. We fall into that thinking. And regardless of what we think about the man himself, we we can't assume everybody is the same. If we do, we fall into of that thinking, it diminishes us. We have to assume that other people mean well until proven otherwise. Then, by all means, you know, which leads me to my next point you avoid depressing people uh, and depressing conversations and evil people and evil conversations. You don't. They're not dead to you. That's just too too crazy. But you don't, and you you're not mean to them, and you're not arrogant to them. You just avoid them. Uh, if you can't, if you don't have a thick skin, and you find that they don't spark joy in you, uh, you know, uh, uh, just avoid them. Just avoid them. Go out of your way. I had I had a, a friend um, some years ago, and every time he talked to me, I was like. Oh God! Because all he all he talked about was uh, how much money he was making, and um, I just found it crass and 
when he called, I just said, I got something I need to do. You know, I'm really busy right now. And uh, until he quit, I didn't, I just got tired of hearing it. And uh, I wasn't jealous or anything. It just didn't interest me. It was tedious. So I, I, I'm really busy right now. I just avoid until he, I think he got the point that he quit. But, you know, so do something that makes you happy every day. Um, uh, don't eat junk food. <coughs> uh, have something really delicious. Uh, uh, Thich Nhat Hanh tells you to sit down and take a raisin or a piece of orange and put it in your mouth and chew it really slowly and concentrate on it and uh, savor the taste and the texture. And uh, uh, I like those little uh, those little small oranges, uh, mandarin oranges. Um, I like them ice cold. And sometimes when um, I'm very overloaded, I'll just have to stop, stop. And I'll go and get one of those and peel it apart. Uh, and just a section at a time, and I was sitting eating those, and they were so cold and tasty and crunchy, and oh, I just love those things. And uh, and then uh, I just go, oh my god, that's good. Oh, that's so good. That's so good. And then by the time I finish that orange, I'm in uh, just a happy. But it doesn't take much. It really doesn't take much. I'm like a little kid, and I eat that, and then uh, I just go back to work. Um, there's a pernicious habit many people have. Um, of leaving the television on all the time. And uh, I stayed with some people at a hotel at a psychic fair, and they uh, they kept the television on all night. You know, they fell asleep, and they kept the television on all night. And that, they said they had to do that to sleep. Oh, my God. I, I mean, I just stayed there and stared at the ceiling all night. It was terrible. Um, if you're going to have background noise, uh, music, but leaving the television on as background noise, um, it's a very bad habit. It has been shown that television has a soporific effect. Do you know what that is? Hypnotic. It makes it makes you breathe slower. It slows your metabolism down. It makes you drowsy. It's a very bad idea. And tele- watching a lot of television and having it on a lot leads to depression. Binge-watching television leads to obesity. It's, it's, I mean, it's statistics. And, you know, there's, a, there's a, a principle, it's like a law, that most people think statistics don't apply to them. They think, oh, no, I can do it. I can watch uh, six hours a day a Game of, a game of Thrones and, and not get irritable and not get uh, absent-minded and not, get, uh, not gain weight. Something's going to happen to you. It really will. Your performance will go down. It really will. Uh, always expect that things will get better. Even if they're good for you now, they're going to be better tomorrow. If they're good now, they'll be better tomorrow. The best is yet to come. There's a reason why people talk about the good old days there was always there was a lot bad yes but they used to have these really upbeat songs you know tomorrow's another day the best is yet to come uh be on the sunny side of the street there was always this upbeat music and there were 
terrible things that went on in the past. You know, we had world war, 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 world wars. It's hard to say. We had uh, awful things. You know, polio. Good God, stuff like that. They had this upbeat music, though. You know, things are going to get better. Things are going to get better. We needed stuff like that. Now, music. You know, music now is written in minor keys. Uh, music instead of minor key is very melancholy. Uh, most songs, pop songs, are in minor keys, uh, very sad, uh, very depressing, and uh, melancholy, very melancholy. Let's take a station break while I have a cold drink. I might run down and get me one of those little oranges now that I, my mouth is watering. I said, I don't want an orange. And we'll be right back. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30, the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6, Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 4 to 5, and The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays, 6 to 7. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And we're back. You know, the biggest thing that I think causes uh, unhappiness is stress. And the biggest thing that, hap- that causes stress. Well, you know, it's other people, but we'll get to that. Um, is that uh, we compare the now, what's happening now with what happened in the past or what's happening in the future. So the more you're focused on the now, the less stressful you're going to be. Buddha said that stress is caused by the world the way it is and the world the way we want it to be. And the bigger that gap, the greater the suffering. So imagine how much stress a perfectionist has. Here's the world the way it is, you know, messy and chaotic. And here's the way they want it to be, you know, neat and orderly and predictable. Oh, the oh, the suffering. That gap is huge. And so um, that idea that here, you know, here we are in, you know, in in the now and there's the past all the failures and disappointments we had, well, maybe that's going to happen again. We're always time projecting. So if we have some patience, we have this perspective to let go of this idea of results. You know, like, if I do this, am I going to get the results that I want? And that's a very difficult thing if you're doing, uh, you know, root work. Uh, uh, You know, a client calls you and says, uh, yeah, I want to get my ex-lover back. Well, you're working with spirits, and the spirits answer to God, and the spirits see further down the road than I do, and they don't work for me. I work for them, so I have to explain to my client. I say, well, the spirits may decide that that's not the best thing for you, and then God might decide, even if the spirits try to work for that, that there's a bigger plan for everybody, and it says, you know, forget about you and your candles and your oils and your roots and your prayers. I have something going on here for everybody, and that guy is not going to come back. But I have something better for you. So 
what I tell people is you ask for what you want and then you take what you get because it's the plan, you know, it's in the script. It's the, uh, it's the blessing that's waiting for you. And sometimes, you know, most of the time people dig that, you know, they say, okay, so, you know, say you're doing a love attraction for, uh, Jimmy, but Pete comes along and, uh, you know, a little later down the road, you know, Jimmy doesn't come back. He's off with that other bitch, right? So, uh, but Pete comes along, and then they, they realize, hey, this is great. Well, let's say Jimmy comes back. Your reconciliation works, and Jimmy comes back. Uh, and this is why a lot of root workers, they won't even do reconciliation work, right? Uh, well, it has a low chance of success anyway. It's the hardest work we do and has the lowest chance of success. And I, I, I say that right up front. I say a lot of root workers won't even tell you this, but it's got a very low chance of success. I'm going to be right, right up front with you. So so Jimmy comes back, and then your client about half the time will say, uh, yeah, yeah, he's back, but uh, how much will you charge me to get rid of him? All he does is lay up and drink and cuss me, so – you know, there's a reason they broke up to begin with, right? Yeah, how much? How much to get rid of him? How much to get this son of a bitch off my couch? You know, back, back, back with that other woman. It, it does. It happens. This is a crazy business. That's why a lot of root workers won't even do. They they won't even touch reconciliation. They won't even touch it. So, you know, if you're patient, you ask spirits. You say, "Give me what's meant for me." Because a lot of times we don't even know what's the best result. We don't even know what's good for us. We're crazy. You know, we're messed up. We're, we go, yeah, this is good for me. You know, my, my allergist story, I've told it before. I used to go to this allergist. You know, they do the scratch tests and the injection tests. They put like a million little drops of stuff on you and scratch it with a pen, and then you start to itch. That's what you're allergic to. So this allergist, his name was Pinkowski. He was from Central Europe, had a wonderful Bella Lugosi-like accent. He comes, he goes, Johnny. I got your results. And there was a food allergy, right? He goes, you are allergic to tomatoes and hot peppers and rye bread. I said, those are my three favorite foods. He goes, yes, often we are allergic to the very thing. No, he says, often we crave the very things that are the worst for us. And I said, well, that explains my history with women. And he goes, yes, unfortunately, that too is true. So often we do. We crave the very things that are the worst for us. So we don't always know what's best for us. And uh, we often crave the very things that are worst for us. We're, we're attracted to the things that <laughs> you know will destroy us. So uh, we... Um, we ask spirit to guide us. You know, we say, uh, all right, I'm just going to put it in your hands and let, you know, bring me, bring me my, my destiny. But with relationships, there's this thing called chemistry. You feel this love at first sight thing. And here's one of St. Germain's laws. Chemistry is not necessarily destiny. Write that down. Chemistry is not necessarily destiny. You get really attracted to somebody, you know, a sexual attraction, you know, sexual attraction is chemistry. You go, oh, my God, this is it. I'm in love. This is it. I'm in love. Run. Because chemistry is not destiny. You think it is. It feels like it. Oh, we're meant to be. We're meant to be. Mm, Run, 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 run. That feeling, oh, we're meant to be. We're meant to be. Run. That's chemistry. 
It's not destiny. Or let it run its course. If you're mature enough, you know what it is, go ahead and have that hot fling. Have that hot fling as soon as you realize, though, no, we're not. We don't have that much in common. You know, we're fighting all the time. Go, run. Don't try to hold on to it. So let go of results. Don't think it, Don't think these results are important. Don't think everything's going to last forever. Don't hold on to things that it's time to let go of. Focus on the present. Now, another source of stress is taking on more than you can handle. Um, know your limits. Don't don't overload. Now, the forty-hour-a-week workload. Um, that is about right. If you work less than that, you um, you undercut yourself. If you work more than that, you overload yourself. It's, it's very strange. 40 hours a week seems to be about right for most people. It seems to be about right. Um, so even if you're self-employed, it seems that 40 hours a week is about right. Now, I'll, I'll tell you what I do. I work four hours. I take a rest. I take a nap. I'll eat something and take a about a 15-minute nap, and then I work four more hours. And some days I work more than that, but if I do, it doesn't feel right. Um, um, don't hang out with people who can't control their own emotions and stress. Just don't hang out with them. If you have people that melt down, that pout, that stomp their feet, that blow up uh, – don't hang out with them. Now, now I, I call them on it. I talk to them about it. I had a friend that did that. He'd get behind the wheel of a car and get angry and angry drive. And I said, pull over, pull over, let me out. It, it, why? I said, pull over, let me out. I'm not going to risk my life with you, put, you know, having a temper tantrum. Pull me out. And uh, we had another friend in the back seat. He said, yeah, let me out too. And, uh, and our friend was like, well, you're just reacting to me and it's making you uncomfortable. I said, yeah, I'm uncomfortable. You're going to kill us all, you crazy son of a bitch. And, uh, and then he, he was defending himself, and I said, no, there's no defense for this. You can't control your temper. You shouldn't be behind the wheel of a car, and I'm not I'm not going to put up with this. So don't be afraid to call people out if they're doing that, especially if they're driving. Don't drunk drive. Don't angry drive. Don't – you know, you're right. You're right to drink, and you're right to um, be out of control of your feelings, and your emotions end where my life begins. You know, I don't drink and drive. I can't, I don't even know you, but I, I I love you too much to risk your life. I, I don't drink and drive. I, I barely drink. I don't angry drive. If I'm not in condition, if I'm too sick to drive, I don't get behind the wheel of a car. Um. Uh, so don't just avoid them. Avoid them, and for God's sake. You know, if you're in a relationship with somebody that can't control their temper and they're always yelling at you and hitting you and throwing stuff at you, leave. Leave. Don't try to fix them. If somebody's acting like a like a dick most of the time and they act, they're nice some of the time and you think, well, they're complicated, they're really a nice person, they just have problems. No, 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 they're not. No, they're a dick. They're a dick. They're not complicated. They're not emotionally they're not a nice person with issues. No, they're a dick. Believe them. You know, if they're if they're angry and mean and nice some of the time, believe them. They're mean. 
you know, you're not you're not nice and then me and then capable of meanness and cruelty. Nice people are not capable of meanness and cruelty. That niceness is an act. Trust me, I'm in this business. I know. So don't. Um, if you're trying to do something important, don't do it in the living room with the kids and the dog and the TV on. Um, find Have a, a quiet spot in your house somewhere where you can do it. Uh, that's very, um, very important. Don't watch programs and television shows or listen to the radio um, that is designed to pull your strings and push your buttons. The media is very good at this. There are an internet pops up on your Facebook. If you have stuff appearing in your feed, you know, if it's CNN or MSBC or Fox or whatever, that makes you angry every time you see it. Kill it. Get it. Get away from it. I mean, if you can read it and laugh at it, which is what I do, um, you know, or let it go off your shoulders. I mean, you know, you know, I, you know. I remember the Vietnam War. Uh, I remember Nixon. You know, I remember stuff like that. So, you know, this stuff, it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. I remember. You know, I remember when people didn't like you, they shot you. I remember Martin Luther King being shot. I remember George Wallace being shot. I remember Kennedy being shot. I remember um, uh, a lot of people being shot. Uh, I, rem- I remember that. I remember there were shootings at my school. Uh, students brought guns to school and tried to shoot teachers. Uh, I remember that when people didn't like you, they shot you. Um, so this is not news to me. You know, this is not news. It's not like this suddenly just happened. Um, uh, there, there was a guy I knew when I was in junior high bought a shotgun under his coat. He's going to kill the gym teacher because the gym teacher punched him. Yeah, and the gym teacher didn't get fired or suspended. So um, it was very different back then. It's very, very different. So, um, um, you know, I n- none of this surprises me. Um, you know, I, I look at it and go, yeah, this is the world. Now, I don't think it's the way the world should be, but there it is. It, it doesn't get me in a rage. Um, I just don't watch it. It's desi- It's designed to make you angry. It's designed to make you fight. So just don't do it. Um, if um, don't argue with idiots and strangers that you don't know online, you know, don't, you don't know them. They don't mean anything to you. They're not important to you. And um, uh, nobody can multitask. This is a myth. There's no such thing as multitask. If you have a lot of things to do, serial task. Arrange them in logical order. These are ways uh, that you um, avoid stress. We'll pick this up again next week. I have a whole lot more for you. Uh, uh, These are things I've got all these notes that I've made over time about how to um, get your mind organized so that your thoughts project and change your reality. uh, a lot of this is workplace oriented because I've been I've been talking to people recently about, and I just realized hey we've never talked about workplace stuff how to deal with uh, uh, workplace oriented um, situations um, multitasking uh, arguing don't argue you know arguing in the office uh, don't have stuff playing in the background that's uh, making you mad uh, stirring you up. 
all the time. If you go around with a stockpile of anger all the time, you know, if your thermometer is set really high, it doesn't take much. Bam, I have to set you off. And that's that's not what you want to do. You want to be cool and calm. We'll talk next week. Love you.